0: Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It's seven oh seven on your Saturday morning. I am Reese Boyd, local attorney here in Myrtle Beach with the firm of Davis and Boyd Attorneys at Law. I'm your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. Welcome to the show. At Saturday Morning Coffee, we invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee, join us as we talk about the news, current events, all the things happening. Uh, in this broken, crazy world that we live in, here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we are all about limited government, lower taxes, all the things that mean more freedom, more freedom for you, more freedom for me, more freedom for all of us who are we the people. We've got a country to say, folks, starts right here in the studio, right wherever you are listening to my voice, because knowledge is power. We try to keep you informed and keep you aware of all the things going on so that you can uh, do your part, stand up. And uh, fight back, protect your freedom. Joined here in the studio, as always, by uh, producer,
2: producer extraordinaire Dr. Die.
1: Dr. Die, my voice is a little froggy this morning. What's going on with
2: that? I don't know. Um, I've got a joke for you off off uh, air <clears throat> about that. Anyway, off um, yeah, off yeah, air. You know, it's a Miss Piggy and <laughs> well, we'll, with the Frog. Yeah, thing.
3: we'll skip that one. We'll <laughs> skip morning, that. Reese, good morning,
2: Reese. Happy Saturday. How you team, doing, man? How good. Doing? Uh, ready for a good weekend?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Memorial Day weekend, special Memorial Day. Episode of Saturday Morning Coffee: Remembering those who have paid the ultimate price, so that we have the freedom today to stand here and speak to you as we are, and folks. I have been reminded this weekend what an incredible sense of awe I have, uh, Glenn, at how cavalier our politicians are about oh, freedom. Oh yeah, have you thought about that? Yeah, we've got yeah. politicians actively seeking freedom is under assault. Folks, and, uh, you know, it's uh, been on our minds this week as we have dealt with the uh, the uh, mass shooting in Texas and, of course, the knee-jerk political response from politicians across the aisle, but especially on the left, is to take away more of your freedom. Every time some of uh, anything happens, It the knee-jerk response from our politicians is to take away my freedom, to take away your freedom. Yeah. They don't get to the root causes of these issues, but they want to take away our freedoms. So we'll be talking about that of course today and a lot more so Glenn you got a uh,
2: you you said it's a good weekend what uh, what's on your plate I've that's got dinner mind. with friends tonight and actually I was asked to dinner <clears throat> by another friend and he said you got plans for Saturday night and I, I said yeah we're having we have reservations at, you know 6:30 at a particular mm-hmm. place play group and uh, he's like really we have reservations for 7 at the same place so we're going to see them anyway really you know yeah it's oh, good. Uh, it was, oh, that's funny. we're going with Two other uh, you know two other friends and uh, the other friends are celebrating a birthday so we'll be at the same place same time um, and other than that uh, I think it's gonna be a beautiful weekend it's great gonna be great to go home and cut the grass today and oh yeah Yeah, we got all that heavy rain and it's i'm i'm so so thankful for it we needed we needed needed some rain it's been it's
1: been dry i don't like uh, i enjoy sunny weather enjoy the weather that we have usually around here particularly this time of year but yeah we needed we needed some some moisture if you're a
2: homeowner and you've got rain and plants and things outside you know i've got another loquat tree that seems to be dying on me for no reason whatsoever uh Probably, what, 30 feet tall? And he yeah. just, I had one go last year, and I, I have one that was, it's like right next to it. They were almost growing together, and it looks like it's going too. I don't know the reason why, Ooh. but, um you know, I've, I've already replaced it. I've already have, you know, one I grew from seed that's about a foot tall. So oh, yeah, it'll be a cut down. Might do that today. Yeah, you know. very good. Uh, yeah, so we've got a great show coming up for
1: you guys today. It is a, um, again, it's uh, we're remembering uh, those who have paid the ultimate price uh, for our freedoms here today on Saturday Morning Coffee Memorial Day coming up on Monday. Hope you guys will get out. And uh, remember, not just enjoy, in, in, enjoy Memorial Day, certainly, uh, but remember that this is a time of remembrance. Uh, yeah. There's no way we can uh, repay those folks who have... Uh, died on a beach somewhere, died in a battlefield, died in a foxhole, uh, who died for our freedom so that we could be here today enjoying the freedoms that we do. We can't repay that debt, but we can honor uh, that debt. And so we do that on Memorial Day, and I encourage you guys to remember that. Do that and do that with your families. Teach your children um, and teach uh, your uh, neighbors and, and by example that we honor uh, Memorial Day and we don't forget. We remember those who paid a price so that we could have uh, the freedoms that we enjoy and just pray folks that we are not the ones, you know, I think about it, Glenn, I don't want to be the generation that is on watch Mm -hmm. when our freedoms are surrendered. I will not be. I mean, if if it will, it will uh, not be voluntarily, let's put it that way. And I wonder, Uh, If we really realize every week on Saturday morning coffee, we say, you know, freedom hangs in the balance. Freedom literally hangs by a thread. And you see that every day. You see that our freedoms have been materially assaulted Mm -hmm. since the covid pandemic. And they use all these outside events, all these uh, supposed disasters and, and bad things that happen. And we live in a broken world, folks. Bad things are going to happen, but your government uses these bad things, these mass shootings, evil in the world, as an excuse to take freedom away from law-abiding citizens.
2: And almost immediately, I was really drawn back by some of the comments from the politicians right after. That in times that we we still didn't know the names or the, the faces of all the children that were killed, yeah. and they were already attacking um, you know, the purchase of guns. Uh, I I understand the second Amendment um you know somebody made a comment to me well when it was written they were talking about muskets they weren't talking about these high caliber you know ak-47s and things like that yeah. uh, ar15s um, yeah. they weren't talking about those back then and and then somebody also told me yesterday that well that in that in that second amendment it was to protect us uh, from a government takeover so we'd have weapons to fight against the government and if the government's got those high-powered guns then we should have those high-powered guns mm-hmm. so i don't know what you're feeling on the on these high-powered you know basically assault weapons well you know. you know i think there's
1: a misnomer uh glenn the 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 things that we call assault rifles are not really uh de- <clears throat> they're not really designed excuse me you all know, my voice you know yesterday this happened we were in i was on liz's show and uh, Nick Nick's voice has sounded yeah, froggy was, yeah, all week, yeah. and and I thought my voice was fine until I started speaking, <laughs> and uh, and Liz is like looked at me like, what is going on with your voice? And it's I I got up this morning, took a very warm hot shower, and um, thought the thought that would help. But nonetheless, I apologize, y'all. My voice is not with me this morning. Um, you know, it's an interesting question, Glenn. The the Second Amendment protect those flintlock weapons that you're talking about. Right. Those were the weapons of war. Right. In yeah, the day. Exactly. That's what they fought. I mean, yeah. They. Um, and I suppose if, um, you know, they had really gotten uh, specific about it, um, I mean, the, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. I've always looked at that and I've said, look, what what about that is ambiguous? Right. The um, you know, I, they, I don't they didn't give you a list. Uh, obviously, they didn't provide you know they didn't provide you a caliber. They didn't provide you a you know a maximum bore. They didn't say uh, you can have this kind of gun, but not ki- that not that kind of gun. I've always interpreted that to mean that the it says a well regulated militia being necessary to the to the uh, security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Right. So it says you're not going to infringe my right to bear arms, and it doesn't specify. Right. Now, it's always been my take on the Second Amendment that look, if you want to say, okay, the Second Amendment when it was enacted, it meant these types of guns, but it clearly it didn't mean you have the right to buy an F16, it didn't mean the right you, you mean that you have the right to buy uh whatever the case may be. Any right. aircraft you fill in the blank. Right. If it's always been my opinion that if you really want to do it cleanly and say, okay, here is what the second amendment means it doesn't mean every gun it means these types of guns i don't agree with that by the way okay but but if you want if you want to take that position and you want to say there's some sort of limiter and it's only up to this kind of caliber or this type of capacity or this or you know, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be then let's put it into an amendment Let's right. make an amendment to the Second Amendment and say, let's say the Second Amendment is hereby repealed and replaced with the following language, and let's put that to the people right. and let the people decide. And if the people want to decide that the Second Amendment only means, um, let's just take shotguns a, and shot, single, and yeah, single shotgun, action shotguns yeah. and single action revolvers yeah. and anything less than that. Yeah. If they want, if you want to take that position.
2: Then let's put it to the people and let the people adopt it. I don't Amen. think they. I don't think they would. Yeah, and we was, we looked it up yesterday that the Gatling gun was actually invented in 1862, and that thing was you know shot 200 rounds a minute. Yeah, I mean so high, have you high ever capacity. Seen the, yeah, what, high, what's, what's the uh, the movie the uh, the Seven? Um, The Outstanding Seven, the... The Magnificent Seven. Magnificent Seven, seven. yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Boy, when that guy unloaded that gatling gun on that town, it's amazing. It's amazing what that gun will do.
1: And yeah, that gun has been around for a long Mm. time. Not around at 1787, but it wasn't... You know, the the, the reality is, I don't think they intended any limitations. I think the language of the Second Amendment is unambiguous. And when the language is unambiguous, then you follow the language. And if the people want to change the language, then let people put it to a vote, put it to a put it to a constitutional amendment, and change the Second Amendment. So, Hmm. folks, we've got a great show coming up for you today. A little bit later in the program, we're going to be talking to Ken Richardson. As you guys may recall, a little uh, feisty interview last week with Congressman Tom Rice. That was was a good time. We also uh, have been talking to other candidates in the South Carolina 7th District primary race. We're going to be talking today with uh, our good friend Ken Richardson. He's going to be joining us here in the studio in the 8 o'clock hour. We're also going to be talking to... Um, Greg Sisson of the uh, Greg Sisson real estate team. He's going to be giving us a real estate update. And we're also going to be talking to our very good friend, Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evitt. She's going to be joining us in the studio in the second hour. And so we're looking forward to that. All of that and more coming up on this edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, this special Memorial Day edition of Saturday Morning Coffee with your froggy-voiced host, Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee.
0: is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5.
1: Hi everybody, it's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. We're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson team, EXP Realty. And Greg, you've been in this market for over 24 years locally. How does that experience translate to benefit
4: your clients? You're right, Reese. Doing this for 24 years, we've learned a few things. And we specialize in better communication, giving our clients more peace of mind, and just handling all the details, streamlining the process.
1: So how do you coach a buyer who's involved in an environment where
4: there are multiple offers being submitted for properties that are moving quickly. You've got to have a buyer that absolutely has to have the property, meaning the motivation is there. Going in strong with terms and price is the way you win in this market. Folks, that's
1: great real estate advice from Greg Sisson. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team, EXP Realty at 843-251-2693 or reach them online at gregsisson.com. It's Greg Sisson and the Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee here on Talk 94.5. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis & Boyd Attorneys at Law. You can tune in to Talk 94.5 every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 for all the great conservative talk and content that you've come to expect on Saturday Morning Coffee. But for all of your personal and business legal needs, I hope that you will give us a call at Davis & Boyd to discuss how we can assist you from business litigation, business consulting, estate planning, personal injury, including motor vehicle collisions, probate litigation, trust disputes, whatever your litigation or other legal needs may be, give us a call to see if our legal team of professionals at Davis and Boyd can assist you with those needs. Call me, Reese Boyd, at 843-839-9800 or reach us online at davisboydlaw.com. It's Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law, ready to be your choice for lawyers here on the Strength.
0: Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd radio hour on Talk 94.5. Who sides to every story? That's what we hear. Life's not that simple, and things aren't that clear. I beg to differ. Yes, I disagree. There is right and wrong. Freedom ain't free.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome and back sir, to Sa- Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Freedom ain't free, folks. The Remembering that today here on Saturday Morning Coffee, this special Memorial Day edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. Thanks for joining us here on the program and uh, wanted to spend a little bit of time. We mentioned in the first segment, by the way, did not get to the call in numbers during the first segment. Got off on a little. Uh, discussion there of other items. But uh, you guys are welcome to join the show. As you know, we always welcome your comments here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Call in line, of course, 843-903-2945. You can also text your comments to us on the pcrxcomputers.com text line. That number is 843-798-TALK. That's 843-798-8255. You can tweet your comments to the show, the Twitter handle for the show, is at Reese Boyd, that's uh, Reese, R-E-E-S-E-B-O-Y-D. At Reese Boyd is the Twitter handle for the show. You can also email your comments and questions, topic suggestions, other ideas to the show. That uh, email address for the show is Reese Boyd S-M-C, at gmail.com. You can also, uh, many of you love to call the office during normal business hours, chat with me during the uh, day job. The day job, of course, is uh, Reese Boyd, attorney at law with the firm of Davis and Boyd. So uh, always welcome your calls at the offices of Davis and Boyd. That number you know, weekdays, eight four three eight three nine ninety eight hundred. So you guys feel free to reach out and uh, anytime we can be of assistance, or you just want to chat about uh, various things going on in the world around us. Always, uh, always happy to hear from you. I wanted to spend a little bit of time, uh, Glenn, you talked about, we were talking about the, um, the interview last week with Tom Rice, hmm. um, on
2: the show, and we gave Tom. Yeah, sure, he's a regular listener now. Oh yeah, hi he's, Tom. He's a doing? fan. He's yeah. a fan. Why do you think he came on the show? It did not go good for him, did it?
1: And you, you know, were so polite. You were so polite. Well, to I want I, I want everybody to 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 know, not not just feel. I started to say feel, but I want everybody to know that they can come on the show and they're going to get a fair shot at a fair yeah. interview. I want, and look, there there are reasons. Um, I can understand some reasons uh, why. Tom Rice is is a good choice. He's been up there a long time. He's on some powerful committees. Um he's got uh some effective uh positions that he's uh obtained. And you know, the other side of the coin, Glenn as I think about that, I thought to myself, let's just take we didn't we didn't spend a lot of time talking about I-73, right? True. Um that was one topic that was on my list. We mm-hmm. didn't get a chance to get to it. Right. Uh Tom, if, for those of you who didn't hear the interview, by the way, the interview, if you didn't catch it last week, the interview is available as a podcast. And, uh, but we had a pretty lengthy interview on the podcast. The interview last week's episode contains the uh, last week's episode of the podcast contains the interview with Tom Rice. We had a pretty fair interview, I thought, gave him a, a time to answer a lot of questions. And then I said, yeah. you know, I started to wrap it up. I thought we were wrapping it up. He said, well, Reese, I got a couple things. And then he went off on Russell Fry. Yeah and I thought that was very unattractive and I thought to myself you know I first of all the conventional wisdom that I'd always heard in politics is you don't talk about your opponent unless your opponent is brought up because you don't want to make your campaign about somebody else
2: exactly I agree and and
1: and every and I've you know I mean take this with a big grain of salt because I've not won any races, but i have I have run for office in the past, but I've always been advised <laughs> snorted that uh that I've always been advised that you bring your opponent up only when necessary because you treat your opponent as if they that you make your you obviously want to make your campaign about you, so I thought yeah, me 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 yeah, I yeah. thought I thought that Tom was given a little too much credence frankly to Russell by making him the focal point of, of the, the, basically what was the second half of the interview. And one of the things I did want to say, and I, I, I thought that he did come across a little bit, um, uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit domineering. He tried to filibuster the interview. But I thought to myself, <laughs> you know, one of, the, you know, one of the, the rules I've learned as a lawyer, Glenn, nine times out of ten, when you're in a court of law and you got a, I don't mean this disrespectful to the congressman, but when you've got a blabbermouth on the stand, the best thing you can do is let them talk. You know, that's mm-hmm. the that. The, and so that that is always my gut reaction. If somebody if somebody really wants to talk, I'm going to let them talk, because usually uh, in the courtroom, they're doing they're doing my my job. for Right. Yeah. They're hanging know? themselves. They're yeah. they're they're doing my job yeah. for me. But uh, but, you know, it's interesting. One of the things. But I would say this about I-73. We didn't get we didn't really get to it. You know, it occurred to me, Tom Rice is on a lot of powerful committees Um He's got, a, I would say, a a fair amount of influence, should have a fair – let me strike that – should have a fair amount of influence in congressional uh, politics, circles, et cetera. And we've just come through a phase where we are literally blowing monetary mountains out the tailpipe. Mountains of money are being blown out the tailpipe in this country right now, or have been for the last 18 months or so, two years or so. With the Rebuild America, Build Back Better, American Rescue Plan, Ukraine CARES Act. Yeah. I mean, they, it's just like they're spending money with reckless abandon. We're spending yep. money. We're sending money to Ukraine faster than you can count it, Glenn. Yep. Yep. Okay, so, you, so that's the backdrop, right? That's the backdrop. And we've got all these people who have made I-73 a, uh, a theoretically a priority of local, of, of local legislative politics for, what, 20 years now? And it occurred to me, I'm thinking to myself, you know, we've got Tom Rice, who's been up there supposedly marshalling, the, moving the ball down the field, theoretically. Mm-hmm. We're in an environment where all this money is literally being spent faster than you can print it. You can't print it as fast as we've been spending it. And yet we've had no appropriations for I-73. And we had the famous budget that just came through South Carolina's General Assembly signed by the governor with zero dollars for I-73. And so it just, it has kind of brought me around to this view. And I'm sorry. I'm I support the idea of I seventy three, but I don't think we should have to pay for it. I think it should be like I ninety five, yeah, interstate, or yeah. I twenty, or yep. any other interstate that's been built. The yep. federal government and the state government should share the, the 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 basically the federal government should pick up the lion's share of the cost of construction, and if the locals want to put the flowers along the uh, along the along the edges of the of the of the uh, easements, you know, if we want to decorate it. I'm I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But locals should not have to build it with our tax dollars. Right. With our lo- our local tax dollars should not be called upon to build an interstate highway, Glenn. That's why they call it interstate, Glenn. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> if if we were supposed to pay for it, we'd call it a yeah. local road. Yeah. Okay? But it's called interstate. Right. Interstate 73,
2: 66, 99, yeah. I mean, 95, you, there's you go on and on that those states didn't pay for their interstate. So all that being said,
1: Glenn, it leads one to the inescapable conclusion that if we haven't gotten any appropriations for I-73 in the last, let's just say the last 24 okay. months, okay, that we're we're now, the, the plan A would appear to be that Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy are going to come to O'Ree County and build I-73, because I just, I don't know when it's going to happen, but the one of the things, but that's a whole other story, we didn't get a chance to talk to Tom about that, but another thing that Tom said, you know, and there's a lot of, uh nastiness on the campaign trail. It's like oh. it's funny when the when the campaign signs come out. I mean, it's in full it's in full bore, and right?
2: It's it's not it's not attractive either.
1: Yeah. You know. And so one of the things I thought and and I did as I said in the interview last week, it's not my job to defend Russell, but at the same time, I'm not going to sit there and let somebody uh, monopolize the mic and just destroy a guy when he's not here to defend himself right just not going to do it and it, right. it, it is my show after all it's a, you know
2: the Reese board well you had a power. you have a producer that actually cut his Feed, so yeah well yeah you, could, you had to, you had to step into the gap I, and i felt good about cutting off tom rice yeah. you know because well it,
1: you we gave him plenty of rope we oh and rope.
2: but it just kept going on and on and on but and we, but and it, it was time to wrap up
1: because we did cut into the next yes interview yes it, we went gave, it went long because of that yes but, but it was a but you know all in all i think it uh i was talking with liz after she said she said good interview and i i thought it was i thought we handled it very well mm-hmm. Uh We were certainly fair to the Congressman, we gave him plenty of uh, plenty of time and I came back on the air and I corrected a couple of things that I just didn't think were fair, but again, it's not my job to defend Russell, but I want the show to be fair. One of the things that you're hearing on the radio station and are on the radio airwaves and on the TV airwaves is you hear that uh this this person's not um, conservative, and one of the things that that Tom repeated about Russell Fry was that he's not really a conservative and they talk about this American Conservatives Union rating of 58 or right. whatever and bad 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 the thing that the thing that people need to remember and you guys need to remember is these ratings are very deceptive okay and so you have to in just because somebody i mean all these groups come up with these scorecards right mm-hmm. and they pick the things that they want to uh score people on and usually what you find is that they've reverse engineered the test they've figured out who's voted for what and they and they designed the test around uh who's going to win basically that you know because they know who voted for what and they designed the test that way and i don't know much about the american conservatives union and it, it it might be a perfectly valid score but i would say this everybody you know it's like they they say glenn there's lies there's damn lies and then there's statistics right well these legislative scorecards fall into the category of statistics so you're going to find people they're going to seize on these scorecards that score their guy high and the other guy low and they're going to say oh the other guy is not a conservative and you're hearing that around the clock around the clock around the clock and and my only point was i got an email from uh, justin alexander justin is with the republican uh liberty caucus of south carolina And they had a. They also have a scorecard. Uh, It's and they do not have, to the best of my knowledge, a an agenda for any particular candidate in this race. And they have a legislative scorecard, which scored uh, all legislators in the General Assembly in the. This is. I'm looking at the House version on on the following, Uh, the heartbeat bill. Obviously, they wanted an affirmative vote on the heartbeat bill. Repeal open budget meetings. This bill removed the requirement for open budget meetings. The RLC supports spending transparency. So that was uh, important. Spending transparency. And by the way, folks, in case you hadn't figured it out, that's a good idea. <laughs> transparency, good. Yeah. Closed, smoke-filled, oak-paneled rooms, behind-the-door decisions, bad. All right. The next thing they, they did was uh, constitutional carry. Speaks for itself, Glenn. We've already talked about the Second Amendment this morning. COVID liability safe harbor. Amen to that. Uh, table state employee COVID bonus. The legislature spent federal funds to give state employees uh, a one-time bonus. The uh, nation's tax, dola- tax dollars should not be used to fund state employees. That's a very conservative, fiscally conservative uh, litmus test, if you want to look at it that way. Oppose vaccine manda- mandates. Ding. Excellent idea. Table closed primaries. Um, I, that's the one thing I disagree with them on. I don't like, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, this amendment would have established closed Primaries. This is the one area where I disagree with the RLC on, but we'll get to that later. Uh, election integrity, the amendment improves uh, election auditing standards, uh, defund Planned Parenthood, and a waste reduction um, study. So basically, a very solid benchmark for conservative principles at work in the General Assembly. And Russell Fry, uh, on that score, uh, scored 100. He is one of only a handful of legislators who um, there were like four of them who scored a 100 on that score. And 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 Russell was one of them. So in the entire General Assembly, there were only four or five legislators who scored a 100 percent rating with the uh, Republican Liberty Caucus. So I think my point there is, look, you can find a test uh, to provide a 50 or a 40 or a 30 or whatever score you're looking to provide but in the at, the at the end of the day you're simply manipulating data and you're presenting the message that you want to present it doesn't mean that it's true so everybody should look at the individual votes that a candidate has made and decide whether you agree with agree with them or not like i said there's one thing here on the republican liberty caucus test scorecard that i don't agree with i think we should have closed primaries I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of open primaries, right.
2: um, and th- we can get into that later. One, one other real quick uh, thing you mentioned to him <clears throat> that Russell Fry had missed so many votes. Forget how many. It was 600 or something. I mean, it was mm-hmm. a high number. Mm-hmm. And you said we we would have heard about that, wouldn't we? Have but and then you also made the comment that there's there's a difference between recuse, recru- 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 recusing yourself, yourself and missing a vote and missing a vote. So what, I didn't. Get the finished product or the finish, you know, the bottom line on that from well, him. Or
1: I think that's a that is a debate. But my point being, my point being, in bringing up the RLC scorecard, which Justin Alexander sent to me, is I just want to wrap this up real quick. It is not fair to say that Russell Fry is not has not been a reliable voice for conservatives in the General Assembly. That's just not fair to say. Now okay. you can. There are other things you can, you know. Pick about with sure. Russell, obviously nobody's perfect, right? And we're not going to find a perfect congressman, but it's not fair to say that he's not a conservative. He is a conservative. He's voted consistently uh, along conservative lines. I mean, he wouldn't have scored a one hundred percent with the Republican Liberty Caucus if he had not been doing that. So, and as to miss votes, that one's complicated, Glenn. That one's yeah. complicated. I think that's where people are going to have to drill into it and do their own due diligence. He recused himself from a bunch of votes but i think also what's happening is a lot of those are budget provisos and they're counting each budget proviso vote as an independent vote the my point my point to tom and my point when looking and i've not studied the data i've glanced over the data okay. right uh my point i believe if russell fry had missed 600 substantive votes on important issues that we would have heard about it somewhere yeah. along the way. Yeah, from was, his
2: constituents would yeah, have been like, yeah. "Hey, where is this Where guy? were you, dude? Yeah,
1: where were you? So, but yeah, <clears throat> there are there are a bunch of recusals on uh, on Russell's scorecard, and you just kind of have to look at that and decide, "Hey, why did he recuse himself, and is it something that I'm concerned about?" Right. You know. So, anyway, I just want to clear that up. Want to make sure we're fair. Always try to be fair and balanced here on Saturday morning coffee. For all of you who are candidates for office or listeners or whatever your lot may be, stick with us after these words from our sponsors. We'll be right back with more Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Die. Don't leave town.
0: Saturday Morning Coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. Oh, I don't want to die for you, but if dying's asking me, I'll bear that cross with honor, because freedom don't come free. I'm an American soldier, an American, beside my brothers and my sisters, I will proudly take first stand. right come out here on the front lines sleeping peace at night american soldiers
1: morning everybody welcome back to saturday morning coffee the reese boyd radio hour 743 on your saturday morning want to remind you guys that in just a few minutes we're going to be talking to congressional candidate ken richardson ken's running for the same seat uh, that uh we were just speaking of the race with tom rice russell fry et al so a lot of folks vying for that seat ken richardson is joining us today to talk about his campaign. He'll be in the studio with us here in the second hour. Hope you guys will stick around for that. We're also going to be talking in the second hour to Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evitt. Going to be joining us briefly in the studio in the second hour to talk about what's on her mind these days. And we're also going to be talking to Greg Sisson, local real estate agent with the Greg Sisson Real Estate Team, who's going to be giving us a update on the real estate market. Kind of interesting to see what uh, Greg has to say, uh, Glenn. I'm I'm sensing. That all this uh, craziness in the market is slowing down a little bit.
2: It is calming down, but we are we're we're really almost. Uh, we have less than a twenty percent chance of our properties going down in this area anytime soon.
1: Well, yeah, we're you know, we're being we're, we're being buoyed. We are we are insulated by a constant influx <laughs> yeah. of uh, retirees and refugees, blue state refugees coming to South Carolina to enjoy uh, our fair land, our way of life. Uh, Glenn, is that a concern? We're going to lose our way of life down here if we get... Uh, no, I mean, I'm... Are you, I'm worried, getting... are
2: you worried about the soft invasion? Uh, are, I, you, are, I, you worried, are you worried about the territorial integrity of South Carolina? No, I'm definitely not worried about my property value because it's going up like 10 grand a month. Yeah. Um, oh, but, it's crazy. Yeah, but, um, but... Now, obviously, that cannot go on forever. No, no, it'll top out. But I am already... I'm already a hundred grand over where it originally sold for, like twenty years ago. Which I was just trying to get that property back to that value. You know, that was my goal, and I'm I'm over a hundred thousand dollars over that. So, Woo! Um, I'm but, Rick James. But you know what? I'm going to tell you what I am very concerned about. What are you concerned about, sir? Um, we don't know who's in this country now because our southern border has been open for so long. We don't know what type of sleeper cell or terrorist group or terrorist people we have in this country. And I believe that we're going to see a, a, a major terrorist attack, and it scares the crap out of me. You know, I've I've got uh, other things that we've – fentanyl, you know, yeah. like we talked well, about we, when we, we – there's plenty of it here to kill us all. Um, two and a half times over, yeah. Glenn. Yeah. There's enough fentanyl that's been imported just that we're aware of right. based on what they have captured. Yep. Yeah. And and if you remember back in history, I mean, you remember the Tylenol problem where people – what was oh, it, yeah. cyanide or something was put in yeah. those capsules yeah. and just – People go in and take an aspirin and die. Um, I, I My concern is that uh, we are going to see uh, death. And oh. uh, unfortunately, it, it, it will come back to haunt the Biden administration, I believe, because more than likely we're going to find out that that person or those that group came across our southern border. I mean, uh- they're not just coming from Mexico and, you know— uh, El Salvador. These people are coming from, what, 124 different nations have come across They're border? They're coming from around the world. They're yeah. going.
1: Uh, Central America, Glenn, is now the feeder. Yep. There are now documented instances where people are coming from the Middle East, other continents, Europe, Africa, yep. Asia. They're coming through Central America because Central America is basically porous, mm-hmm. very easy uh, to get into Central America. Once you get into Central America— you can make your way up, not too much difficulty, make your way up through Mexico yeah. and, and yes, find your way into the United States. I, I believe, Glenn, that one day history is going to judge the Biden administration as one of the most, if not the most dangerous administrations in our history. The one the one that either I mean, I'm going to say this, the one that because it's entirely possible. That things could get so bad. I, I I honestly believe they want a revolution. Sometimes, yeah. when you look at when you look at the things that they do, whether I mean okay. simple things, baby formula, all the way up to the huge things, the fiscal malfeasance, uh, yeah. the economic disaster that they have created, the fact that gas is now moving towards. Five dollars a gallon. Here in South Carolina, Glenn, there are other places where it's seven, mm-hmm. seven fifty a gallon mm-hmm. and going up. They're saying by the end of the summer that it's going to be approaching ten dollars a gallon in some places. And the fact is, it's more important. Your survival is less important to Joe Biden than reducing your carbon footprint. Right. He's okay if you suffer as long as he believes you're Carbon footprint is being reduced. He can sleep well at night knowing that he's protecting the planet. He's insane. He's an enemy of the people, Glenn. I hate to say it, but the president of the United States and his administration, it's almost as if they want the country to be destroyed. It really is. I mean, it's like I think we're dealing with the, the, the very intentional undoing of the freedoms that you and I have
2: come to take for granted. well, And, and that's the problem. The, Many of us have taken them for granted. The them, the people that voted for Joe Biden, I mean, I've had conversations with people that have voted for Joe Biden, and uh, they do have virus remorse. I, I actually asked a tough question the other day. If, you know, we were having the presidential election in a couple of weeks and it was a Biden-Trump, you know, showdown again, yeah. who, would, who would you vote for? And I was hoping that this person wouldn't say Biden. And... She replied, I I couldn't bring myself to vote for either of them. Yeah. And I thought that was actually a better answer than had she said Biden, you know, because oh, yeah. I was kinda worried victory. about that. I victory. mean yeah. I, I I try to tell people that, you know, you've been misled on the accomplishments of Donald Trump when he was in office. You just need to Google it and you'll see the the White House papers with the accomplishments of Donald Trump during his administration read through them because your CBS your NBC NSNBC your uh, CNN they did not talk about his accomplishments they they attacked him every day and made him sound like he was a a tyrant um, uh, you know a nasty guy he put out the bad tweets and everything well damn it I would go for a bad tweet right now to have Absolutely. that president back and and what has happened in the past year and a half? would not have happened with Donald Trump. I honestly believe that. I don't believe our withdrawal from Afghanistan would have killed 13 Americans. I don't believe that our borders would be open. We were. It was paid for. It was ready to be completed. And they just stopped it. Uh, the pipeline, the gas, I mean, the drilling, the fracking, it's... So. It, it, it's
1: unbelievable, uh, Glenn. There, There is an absolute... It, it's a shock to think about how badly this administration has done i mean it really is a shock and you have to really work hard to get your arms around it and it seems we we've initially we thought well this is um a bad run of luck that we're having it's gonna be bad we said that it's gonna get better we knew it was gonna be bad Mm -hmm. we didn't know how bad but now it's a it's a um it's a uh it's a real i think test for the nation as to whether or not we can get through this and survive so i got there's an interesting piece um from Mike Huckabee that was uh, published this week I want to share with you all it talks about some wisdom Because we all assume that the forthcoming um, midterms Are going to right the ship But we've got to keep certain things in mind And we've got to work hard to make that happen But we'll get to that after the break After these words from our sponsors We'll be right back with more of this special Memorial Day edition of Saturday Morning Coffee I'm Reese Boyd, that's Glenn Dye Stick with us, we'll be right back
0: Text us 843-798-TALK Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5 Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5
2: Before you start your
0: preaching Let me ask you this, my friend Have you forgotten How it felt that day Those towers fell. We had neighbors still inside. Going through a living hell. And you
4: say we shouldn't worry about
0: Have you forgotten?
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. 755 on your Saturday morning. Have you forgotten? I haven't forgotten. We will never forget here on Saturday morning coffee. We remember. This weekend, especially on this special Memorial Day edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, remembering those who have given their lives so that you can remain free. Folks, there was uh, much to get to today. We wanted to talk about the Uvalde shooter and some recent developments, a lot to talk to, a lot to talk about there. We'll try to get to that. But Glenn and I were talking about where we are as a country and all the things that Democrats have done and how it literally, it, it does no longer appear. I believe there's an intentional effort to destroy, and when I say destroy, I mean remake America in their image, uh, folks, in, in in a new uh, paradigm, a, 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 a basically a paradigm shift politically. And uh, one of the things that uh, I read this week that was really insightful, you know, uh, Mike Huckabee wrote an article, uh, an uh, a, uh, op-ed piece, and he said, you know, it's not enough. To assume that we're going to win, we can't say, look, these guys have doubled your gas prices. They've opened the borders. It's been an invasion. They've busted the, the baby formula supply. There's a rampant inflation. And we're not them. I mean, people know uh, people know that this thing is off the rails. They know that we need to have politicians who aren't afraid to say what a woman is. Um, mm. They know that Democrats have gone wild uh, on this issue of abortion, claiming that it's women's health care. Um, they, they've gone to this place where they want us to teach four and five year old children about gender fluidity before they even get their numbers down pat. Um, and, and frankly, people know that's insanity and working class Americans are tired of hearing elitists in Hollywood and Washington, lecture them about climate change, climate change and, uh, and, and, and their carbon footprint. They're sick of it. Yeah. And so, and and so Huckabee says, "Look, we got to do a couple of things. We got to, fo- we got to, we got we got to focus on the following. We got to finish the border wall. We got to support our military by giving them leaders who believe that the military is. It's more important that it be deadly than it be diverse. Uh, we will value number three. We will value all life from conception. Number four. We will work toward a completely different tax system." like the fair tax, in which people pay taxes based on what they consume, not based on what they produce. Number five, we will follow the Constitution and allow the states to govern themselves, according to the federal model. We will not tolerate violent crime, and we will renew energy independence by restarting the Keystone XL pipeline, Drilling on federal lands And extracting oil and natural gas From our own resources Folks, if we do that American quality of life will return Stick with us folks We'll be right back after these messages With more Saturday Morning Coffee We'll be talking to Ken Richardson We'll be right back Don't leave town
0: This is 94.5 WTKN Murrells Inlet Myrtle Beach The one and only Dan Bongino Weekdays at noon On Talk 94.5
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour special Memorial Day edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, 8.08 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sticking with us here on the big show. Pleased to be joined here in the studio this morning by Ken Richardson. Ken's a a friend. He's also a candidate for Congress, the 7th Congressional District seat currently held by Tom Rice. And of course, as you guys know, we had Tom Rice in the studio last week and Russell Fry was in the studio the week before that. But uh, Ken, today is your day. Welcome to the show, uh, my friend. Thank
5: you, Reese. I'm glad to be here. I always enjoy coming over to your show.
1: Well, I'm always glad to have you. And uh, you are running for this uh, seat that is up for grabs in the uh, June primary. And what uh, did you catch the interview last week? You caught any of your. Uh, uh, yeah, well, Tom, pre-
5: yeah, I did. Actually, uh, I did. I caught it and. Uh, Kind of glad I listened to it because I kind of picked up on a few things, and it kind of led me in a direction that uh, you know that of what kind of what I'm seeing out there now. There's a there's a lot of negative out there now going on, and uh, you know we're we're trying to we we would like to maybe go in a little bit different direction about that. Yeah, but uh, but, uh, but I would like to talk. I think I, I think
1: folks just I'll, I don't want to interrupt you, but I just I do think folks are a little burned out from all the negativity. Um, well, uh, well,
5: you know, you know I've, I, I'll be honest. You know, last time, the last election in 2020 was what we call a COVID election. Yeah, you know, nobody could go out and campaign mm-hmm. and, and that type of stuff. And, and 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 this election is, uh, uh, I'm, I'll call it more of a silly election. It, it seems like. Um, it's all who wants to beat up who yeah. is kind of what's going on now. I mean, you know, we got we're in a situation now, you know, where we got Tom and Russell kind of fighting each other every day. And then uh, now we've uh, actually this has started in the last uh, week or two. We've got now we've got Barbara Arthur and Garrett Barton fighting with each other. And, uh, hmm. you know, I, I just I, I feel like the people in the PD and Seventh and, and District are tired of all the fighting. they just want to kind of let's hear some facts. Yeah. So
1: now now for folks who may not have and I I always have a theory that you people start to pay attention to the race when you start seeing the signs right. the, you know, litter the roadways. People are reminded finally that they're, hey there's an election coming up. Who am I gonna vote for? For folks who may not have been following the activities of the on the campaign trail, remind folks who you are, what you've been up to, and you know, just tell well, them a little bit about real quick who ken richardson is
5: well I'm, I'm ken richardson and of course uh you know i was a uh i was a mercedes-benz bmw cadillac dealer here in myrtle beach for 45 years mm-hmm. uh, and i'm going to touch on that a little bit later and uh yeah. also uh i've been i've always kind of had a passion for education you know i i served you know four years on coastal's board and 20 years at orie georgetown technical college where mm-hmm. i was the chairman 16 of those and uh kind of got asked to run for chairman of the school board so now i'm actually chairman of the board of education for orree county so uh you know I, I do have that passion for education but of course uh you know uh, i feel like now it's time to to maybe look on to something else and where i can help and uh the gentleman that got me started years ago mr mac fowler and mr fowler always told me if if the community is good to you give something back and yeah, that's, that's I mean, what i've tried to do
1: so i did want to ask you about that i want to i want to chat with you very briefly it just because you are the school board chairman right and we are all extremely concerned about what's happened in texas uvalde and the mass yeah, shooting yeah absolutely and you know i, I was very concerned I, I just see so much at work Ken. It, it it's really disheartening because it's almost as if truth doesn't matter anymore in our society yeah. um you know when this shooting first happened um there and I've got an article in the stack here to talk about later in the show if we get to it. When the when the when the issue first happened, they said there was a school resource officer who engaged the guy on his way into the into the uh, school. He dropped an ammo bag as a result of that, and, mm-hmm. and, and made it. That was the first report from the public information officer, I believe, with Texas DPS. I might not. I don't. I don't have the article in front of me, but we all got that story. Right. And and then now it turned one full day later news cycle later we, we we learn of course now the texas governor governor greg abbott's very upset about how he's claiming that he was misled by uh, the the folks on the ground but but we won't get into all that that's not for your interview but but now we learned that there isn't there was no school resource officer on site
5: so at, not, not yeah.
1: only was he not engaged there was no officer there
5: right at their school that's correct
1: yeah. yeah so it's i'm very concerned about how the truth has just been mangled in all this and we were talking about it yesterday on liz's show and, uh, I said, and they, people were saying, oh, y'all are up, down on the police. No, I just want the facts. I just want the facts. And if they, and if they set up a, a perimeter around the school and waited an hour to go in, I want to know why. And right. I want to know who made that seemingly completely idiotic decision. But nonetheless, that's not what you're
5: yeah. talking well, about. I, and I can tell but, you this. We, we, yeah. have, we have 56 schools. Yeah. And the way it works, if, if you have a school that's located in a city limit, we mm-hmm. have a police officer from that city, that jurisdiction in that school. And for if, every school for, for every school all, all 56 yeah. schools have have uh, officers. also if it's if it's a school out in the community or, or out in the county, then they they have a SRO. Yeah. but I would like to say this to you. Uh, I was about as soon as the news broke uh, about what had happened in Texas, uh, we immediately got in, in touch and, and we've got a great working relationship with all of the police departments here in Horry County. As mm-hmm. well as the Horry County Police and and, and our Sheriff's Department, but uh, the next morning we had, uh, in fact, every parent if they if they'll check or look or happen yeah. to notice, we had anywhere from two to three officers at every school
1: the yeah. next morning. Yeah,
5: because you know you don't want something that happens somewhere else to breed something that oh, happened yeah. here. Copycat. So uh, right, exactly, exactly. So uh,
1: yeah, I think uh, it's funny. They're, they're, the the same go to Ken, and this is you, you want to speak to this. You know, when when a mass shooting happens and it's a tragic event, but when a mass shooting happens. It's almost like you can you know where the Democrats in Congress are going to go. Exa- Ab, always. The, 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 you know the Beto, the Beto O'Rourke's they're, they, hell yeah, we're taking your AR whatever. Right. And, you know, your AR your AR14. We want to take your AR14 right, right. away. Right. Yeah, yeah. And um and I'm I'm like, I mean, look, before you take something away from me, at least figure out what you're trying to get, right. you know? yeah. But uh but that's their that's their go-to. I, people want to know their kids are protected. Right. Let's let's protect the kids because if somebody wants to do something bad, they're going to find a way uh to get a gun. Whether whether Washington oh, yeah. has taken my gun away or not is irrelevant. Right, you know? yeah. Well, yeah. People want to know that their kids are protected. Right. And and this crazy gun free schools idea. Yeah. All we've done is we've made schools into soft targets where kids know they can go get a gun and go create a, a huge amount of harm because there's nobody on the property who's armed.
5: Well, and, you know, and Reese, I get asked all the time, well, tell me what you have in place. Tell me your procedures. Tell me. Well, that's kind of like telling you.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, no, that's that, that's, to...
5: that's kind of like telling you where a roadblock's going to be set up. You know, yeah. we're not going to tell you. If we have weaknesses, we're not going to tell you where they are. Yeah. And so we, we have safety protocols in place, and uh, but I'm not going to get out there and, and discuss oh, them. Oh, yeah. The no, way.
1: I don't, I don't yeah. want to go there. I, don't right. wanna go. I just people want to know that we've done. Our due diligence, and we've done our part to protect our children. Yeah. well,
5: my, my job as a school board chairman is to get your child 180 days educate them for 180 days. I got to get them to school safely, educate them, and get them home safely, and that's what we try to do.
1: You yeah. know, so well, thank you for that. That's thank what you we're shooting for. That. for so let's talk about Ken Richardson for Congress. What you had, you said you had a list of things you wanted to chat about today. Well, what, yeah, what's yeah. on your what's on your mind? Well, you know, I heard your I heard your article last week you know mm-hmm.
5: and I, and I listened to Tom you know yeah. and
1: uh, and and you know
5: and and you made a good point I was listening to you on the way in and you made a good point we don't need to get up here and bash each other there's there's enough uh you know I've I've noticed especially in the last 3 weeks I don't really need to do much bashing because there's enough of it going on
1: you got you got a lot of that going uh, on a lot, you, lot yeah. of it going yeah. on but yeah.
5: but but there is a time where you want to straighten out some facts yeah. and uh and you know we had uh we had a debate over in Florence the other night and uh and uh well, you know it it was uh the first chance that we've had to get five of us, at least five of us in a room, because mm-hmm. there's been a lot of events, but, you know, we have not had uh, Russell and Tom have not shown up at any of the forums, mm-hmm. so that was the first chance we've had a, a, to get them on stage. But, you know, uh, one of the things that, that Tom talked about uh, uh, with you the other day was how he voted his conscience, yeah. you know, and uh, but unfortunately— On
1: the impeachment vote. Yeah,
5: you know, on the impeachment vote, but, you know, you, but you're not, you're not sent to Washington to vote your conscience— you're sent to Washington to vote the way your constituents want you to vote. It's not—it's not about voting your conscience, and um, and you know, a, a lot of people that are, that know me know that I was—I had planned to get in this race way before Tom voted to impeach Trump, mm-hmm. and the reason was it, it was more because of lack of what Tom had done than uh, than him voting to impeach the president. Because uh, really, uh, other than focus on I-73, that's about all I see out of Tom. And that's all I've seen, you know, uh, out of the last, you know, for the last 10 years. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I'm, you know, I said it the other night at the debate, uh, I-73 is dead. It's time to bury it. And it's not that, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I'm so hard against I-73, and it's not that. I, I'm against paying for it. Um I, f- I feel like that people are, are they want local roads fixed they want the local infrastructure we got bridge problems we got flooding problems and yeah. uh you know and why do we need interstate to get you here faster just so you can sit in local traffic longer
1: well and I think that's a good point and and my my thought <clears throat> and we talked about this earlier in the show Ken is we've been asking for this for what 20 30 years i you know I know I've been hearing about it
5: 30 35 years but I, I can tell you this I don't uh i don't know a lot of
1: people
5: yeah i would say 30 years this 30 years old that will ever drive on i73 i i mean i, I think it, i think it's a pipe dream and i think uh you know the, the myrtle beach chamber can keep trying to sell it all they mm-hmm. want to but mm-hmm. you know i do my own polls you know when i go and i go and i speak to a room yeah. and and I, and there, if there's a hundred people in that room and they tell me they don't want i73 i don't need to hear i don't need to talk to a poll or l- yeah. listen to some pollster.
1: and i'm look i'm all for it can if if it if there's a need for it and i believe there is and the federal government will treat it like any other infrastructure improvement and build it as part of the you know whatever right, ordinary yeah. if they
5: want to pay for it
1: yeah whatever ordinary appropriation process we go through to get money for our interstate system if they want to if they want to if they're willing to prioritize i73 as a part of that then i'm all for it but if they're not i don't think local taxpayers should shoulder the the burden Of building an interstate highway, yeah, you know, because I think you know we've got a ton of people uh, moving to the area. We're going to need more schools. We're going to have to go out and build schools. There's going to be are going to be people who are going to be telling us, "Hey, your property taxes. People are moving here because of the low property taxes." But all the infrastructure that we're going to need to deal with all these people, all the schools, all the additional roads, is going to is going to put a burden on the local tax base. They're going to be they're going to be those who will tell us. Taxes are going to need to go up to accommodate all these people. So then you're going to throw a, an interstate highway to get more people, as you said, to get more people here right. to, 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 to throw them into the soup. So I think there's a real legitimate concern there that says, hey, you can't put all of this on the back of, of, of local taxpayers.
5: Yeah. I, well, yeah, I had a good friend of mine tell me uh, the other day, he said, you know, Ken, he said fixing the local roads and, and maintaining them and keeping them up is a little bit like the Eiffel Tower. A lot of people don't realize, you know, they paint the Eiffel Tower 365 days a year. I mean, uh, they start at the bottom, and they paint their way up to the top. When they get to the top, they go back to the bottom, and they start start over. It's constant. Well, it's the same way with maintaining our roads. Our roads is a constant—it's going to be constant work all the time. Yeah. So, you know, with that being said, uh, that means that there will never be any money for I-73 unless it comes from the federal government. Or some kind of special interest come, we you know we get something else dumped on us. But uh, I just don't feel like right now that uh, uh, I think I seventy three is. Uh, it, it, they're going to keep talking about it. But I think we need to send a congressman to Washington. that's going to be focused on something other than I seventy three. He might actually might actually be able to get something accomplished.
1: Yeah. Amen. Folks, uh, we're talking to Ken Richardson, who is a candidate for the South Carolina Congressional uh, District 7 seat. Ken, can you stick around through a break? We'll oh, chat yeah, a little sure. bit further. Sure. Folks, we're talking to Ken Richardson. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Ken Richardson and Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. She
0: came out here to be here. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, and more coming up next on Talk 94.5.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee here on Talk 94.5. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd Attorneys at Law. You can tune in to Talk 94.5 every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 for all the great conservative talk and content that you've come to expect on Saturday Morning Coffee. But for all of your personal and business legal needs, I hope that you will give us a call at Davis and Boyd to discuss how we can assist you from business litigation, business consulting, estate planning, personal injury, including motor vehicle collisions, probate litigation, trust disputes, whatever your litigation or other legal needs may be. Give us a call to see if our legal team of professionals at Davis and Boyd can assist you with those needs. Call me, Reese Boyd, at 843-839-9800 or reach us online at davisboydlaw.com. It's Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law, ready to to be your choice for lawyers here on the Grand Strand.
0: Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours, two full hours on Talk 94.5. died. my mother, my brother my sister and me to grow up and live happy in the land of the free. Now this nation that I love is falling under
1: attack. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, this special Memorial Day weekend edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. Talking to Ken Richardson, who's a candidate for South Carolina Congressional District 7. Kent, good uh, good to have you on the show this morning. What else is on your mind this morning? Well, you know, uh, one thing I do want to clear up, you know, I mentioned a debate
5: the other night, and, um, you know, where Tom, Tom made his comment about the, uh, his yeah. voting, voting his conscience, but, uh, you know, I, I did take a, uh, anybody that saw the debate, I've had a lot of, feedback on this uh, i took a few love taps at russell and and uh so i do want, <laughs> love taps. I, yeah i do want to kind of address that yeah. one, one thing you know i think i might have got russell russell a little frustrated one time because you know russell come back and, you know he called me a car dealer you know like like that was a bad thing yeah. so I, I would like to address that since yeah. since we're not going to have any more debates because you know it seemed like nobody wants to get back on stage with me
1: well i've noticed some people <laughs> i've noticed some people on social media using that term as if they're trying to, to, to disparage you yeah yeah, you know, yeah. which and, i think is kind yeah. of a
5: and, and so, yeah, you know, this is what I'd like to say to Russell and his listeners out there for calling me a car dealer. You know, yeah. I, I'm proud to say I was a car dealer. I bear, I am. But uh, one thing I think that Russell might want to go back and look at is, you know, last year the state of South Carolina, the automobile business put $27 billion back into the local uh, – back into the economy of South Carolina. Yeah. And that's a lot of money. And, um, you know, and he called me a car dealer. And I know it was kind of heated there at the passion and uh, the heat of the moment, but Uh, But I don't feel like Russell owes me an apology or anything on it. But i tell you what he should do. He really should go around to all these local car dealers that he collected money from because he collected over $40,000 from all our local car dealers. And he might want to apologize to them. And, you know, if if you don't want to apologize to them for, you know, saying that, maybe you might want to return their money to them.
1: Well, and, you know, I've noticed, uh, Ken, I, I think, I, listen, I'm, I'm proud of what you did. I'm proud of what you've done. You've you've had a great life. Sometimes I wonder, I'm like, why would Ken want to do all this? Because he's, he's got a great life. But well, you built a business. You built a business. And I, I've, I noticed, actually, I think it's one of um, uh, Barton's folks was, you know, calling you basically car salesman guy, basically. And I thought to myself, you know, you built a business. You hired a bunch of people. Yeah. You helped a bunch of people realize the American dream. Absolutely. You, you, you made a bunch of money with that business. You gave people jobs. And then after you made money in that business, you sold it for even more money. Right. right. I mean,
2: and you've taken care of kids. Yeah. I well, mean, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hello. Yeah. What's the
1: problem, Houston? What is the problem? It's the American. It, it, it is the American dream. What yeah. is the problem? Well, Somebody tell I, I, me what's wrong with that picture.
5: Well, th- there's nothing wrong with that picture. I mean, I actually, you know, I, you know I, I tell people all the time. You know, I have a real story. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I, I started selling boiled peanuts when I was eight years old in downtown Conway. I've, I've done yeah. it my whole life. All I've ever done is work, yeah. and uh, I mean, and it's a real story. Uh, but. You know, it, this, is a, this is a different kind of election, and I understand that. And, uh, and you know, it's hard to get, uh, you know, it, it, you, I know you mentioned in your earlier segment about, uh, uh, you know, trying to get everybody back together. And there's a lot of fighting going on now with these statistics. In fact, my wife actually bought me a book and just uh, gave it to me back a couple months ago. And it, the name of the book is How to Lie with Statistics. And, oh, yeah. So, uh, and yeah. I've, been, I've been trying to read it because yeah. I've been trying to sift through between Tom and Russell because they go back and forth with each other. And, uh, you know, because one's claiming one's lying, the other claiming the other's lying. I mean, somebody might be lying, somebody might not be lying. I don't know. But the bottom line is, you know, in less than three weeks, we're going to pick a new congressman. Yeah. And I want it to be me. And I'm going to shoot straight with the people just like I've always done my whole life. But if you'll go back and look at who's taken away from the area and look at who's given back to the area, I'm the only candidate in this race that has given back to the area.
1: Well, Ken, if folks want to get in touch with you and follow your campaign and uh, find out more about Ken Richardson for Congress, how can they do that? They can go to
5: uh, KenForCongress.com. We've got a great website up, and we actually got 12 new videos on there to, where we touch on every pretty much every issue, everything from I-73 to education, to jobs, to uh, just there's I think there's 15 new videos that just went up.
1: All right, great, very great, good.
5: Great way to find out.
1: Ken, good luck, and uh, let us know uh, when we can uh, count on you to come back in the come back anytime. Always happy to have you, folks. It's Ken Richardson running for Congress, and after these words from our sponsors, we'll be right back with more Saturday morning coffee. A little Greg Sisson and Pamela Evitt coming right up on Saturday morning coffee. So stick with us. We'll be right back.
0: saturday morning coffee call the show at 843-903-2945 the reese boyd radio hour returns after these on talk 94.5
1: Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, why would folks be well-served to contact Pyle Financial Services if they need assistance with their financial planning?
2: Reese, wrapping your wealth around your purpose is not just a slogan. It is the heart and soul of our firm, and how we do that is getting to know you and making sure you know your purpose then our keep more strategy is deployed. We want you to keep more so you can spend more, and then you can give more, and then one day you can leave more. And just this year, Pile Financial Services was recognized
1: as the number one company in the country with our broker-dealer out of Dallas, Texas. It's Pyle Financial Services. Reach them anytime at 843-945-4480 or find them online at pilefinancialservices.com It's Pile Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose.
0: Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. It's his newborn baby he left with his wife, Mr. Red, White, and Blue.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, 838 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on the program. Talking this morning to Ken Richardson. Thanks to Ken for joining us here on the show. Good interview. Now we're joined. Got another guest already in the studio. Our own Greg Sisson. Greg, welcome to Saturday Morning Coffee.
4: Thank you, Reese. It's always awesome to be here. It's good to see you. Yeah, and Glenn, a, of course.
2: Hey, Reese. I mean, Greg. Call, uh, we, um, Reese, Greg. Greg, of
1: course, is our local real estate expert. I always like to hear from you from time to time to get an update on what's going on with the market. And it seems as though, uh, Greg, to me, it seems as though we've talked about it this morning. This administration is just doing everything in their power to destroy Amer- American economic might. And, and and the standard of living for all of us. And but yet on the other hand, you've got a bunch of people who are moving to the area, continue to move to the area, mm-hmm. which is sort of buoying our real estate market. Has buoyed it significantly. But um, so what's what's the lo- latest in the local market? What's happening?
4: Yeah, and I I, I want to talk about real estate because that's why we're here, and it's important. But I I do I would. Be terrible, not to mention uh, just personally my gratitude for all the fallen oh, yeah. uh, soldiers. I know y'all have been talking about that this morning as we look towards Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so grateful. I think I read we've we've lost at least uh, over you know one point three or plus million people uh, that have served. So thank you uh, to those families who have lost loved ones. Uh, but when we get to think about the real estate market, you're right. I mean, this the pol- the craziness policies and all the craziness going on that you just mentioned. Has, is driving people to our state and others, of course, mm-hmm. in the South primarily.
1: We call them blue state refugees. Yeah. Yes.
4: <laughs> lots The great migration is what I've called it yeah. since COVID. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the great migration. And we've always had the same people migrating here. It's just it's escalated and it's just it's so much more. So here's here's a simple way to think of it, Reese. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought of it this way. As long as people from up north, which is primarily where they're coming from, can sell their homes for more, than they can buy one here, then they keep coming. Oh, yeah. And when that shifts or that changes, then we start to soften here. I mean, we still have right now about a 1.3-month supply of inventory. And just to give the listeners some some understanding of what that really means, you know, we had 60 days ago less than a one-month supply. So a six-month supply of inventory, Reese, means, you know, in six months, if no homes come on the no market, the, the, the six yeah, the homes are gone in yeah. six months. So that's a normal real estate market. That's yeah. a normal five to six months. We have a one-month supply. So yeah. it's still a hot market, though we are seeing the last 60 days, Reese, the market start to just increase a little bit in inventory. So it's yeah. the beginning of a little small shift. But hey, if we had a three-month supply, we're still a seller's market.
1: Yeah. But if you're looking to buy, does that mean that, that prices are are softening at all, or what's the what's the?
4: So that's the that's a great question. People want to know about that. I've got some. I, I'd study a lot of these guys that like CoreLogic and NAR and Fannie and Freddie, mm-hmm. and everybody is predicting. If you average the annual appreciation the next five years, the pessimists are down at like two percent annual yep. appreciation. The optimists are as high as five. When you start looking at annual. 2022, the experts think seven to eight percent appreciation over 21. But then, as we move the next four years, two to three to four percent annual appreciation. So, yeah. historically, that's the norm. So, we're going to get back to normal with appreciation. Yeah. So, a buyer, a buyer today, when I got into real estate in 99, 97, excuse me interest rates were 7%. And I was a young buck. I didn't know anything. And I heard people were saying 7% is incredible. Like they were like 7%. Hallelujah.
1: That was exciting.
4: That was exciting. My dad sold real estate in the eighties and condos in Arcadian at 12, 14, 16%. Oh yeah. So five, five and a half percent is still a great rate. So I'd say a buyer needs to think long-term don't rent if you can. Buy a home because, yeah. you know, we, we see it's very rare to see depreciation in a home over a long period of time. We saw that in 2008, 9, 10, 11. That was the first time since post-World War II that we saw a significant like year over year depreciation.
1: Yeah. There was an interesting article. I, I know this is a little bit off topic, but there was an, you know, rental rental expense for lots of reasons is not something that's smart. You know, you don't get a tax deduction right. for your rent in yeah. in certainly not here in South Carolina, you don't get a federal tax deduction. Some states give you a little bit of a deduction, but not in South Carolina. You don't get it. So you don't get a tax deduction and you're not building equity. Right. So it just makes a lot of sense as soon as you can buy to buy. And we've we've talked about this on, on actually the ads that we're running now with you guys talk about this, but you don't see a bubble coming, do
4: you? You don't see a We we don't see a bubble and there's, there's many, there's so many reasons why. And, And if you had a lender on, they could really dive in on specifically the measures they've taken since the post-Great Recession. But lending uh, has been so much tighter yeah. since 2010, 11, 12. Um, in fact, we, I'm looking at a, a chart here. In the peak of the foreclosure uh, crisis in 2009 and 10, 2010, there was 2.9 million uh, properties foreclosed upon in that one year nationwide. In 2016, there was under a million 2017, 677. It goes on. 2020, 200,000. And then in 2022, in the first quarter, only 78,000. I mean, we're, excuse me, 7,000. There's so, there's, and, People, Reese, nationwide have more equity than they've ever had in their yeah. homes. Uh, in fact, this slide six months ago, 42% of all homes in the nation are free and clear of a mortgage. Yeah. And the average equity of homes nationwide six months ago was 177000 So if someone is, gets in trouble and they can't make their payment, which is terrible, they've got equity. Yeah. On average. So they can still get out and they couldn't get out in nine and 10 because they're upside down.
1: Yeah. I can yeah. tell you as uh, as a lawyer, we're not seeing a foreclosure epidemic like we saw in nine and 10, because most most people, like you said, have a lot of equity. And if they get into trouble, if they lose a job or if something happens yeah. to them and they have some financial stress that they that they weren't anticipating, something happens that that they you know hadn't accounted for. They, they, they work it out. They, they, there's a workout the process. They figure out a way yeah. to either get out of the property or they work something out because they do have equity. And it,
2: people it, are not as concerned about being under upside down anymore. Yeah. You know, well, they have people. to have a place to live. It's yeah. cheaper than where they came from up north. And they're paying twenty thirty thousand dollars 30000 over asking price for a home. It's not as such a big concern as it was back when we had the bubble.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and one other thing that contributed to the bubble uh, was the uh, cash out refis. Remember, everybody was cashing out oh, all yeah. that equity. Spending buying- that equity. We got a boat, got a big screen TV. Listen to this. In 2006, the the uh, difference in the a- annual mortgage payment for a cash out refi was $4,930. So that was how much more annually their mortgage payment was when someone did a cash out refi. That was the peak. In 2020, when there was a lot of cash out refis because people had great equity, 20 and even 21, all yep. 21. You know what the difference was in 2021? $34. So people were cashing out. Refinancing, getting that lower rate, and their payment only went up on average in 21 dollars for the whole year. So again, people are not their payments are not going up. Therefore, there's less trouble coming. Yeah. Okay. So, still a good time to sell. Still a good time to <laughs> don't, buy. Don't you it, love the real estate business, sales business guy as usual. that yeah. says it's always a great time to always okay. sell and buy? But really, if you're a seller now. If you don't. If, unless you've had your head in the sand, we've gone up thirty percent in the last two years, and the market inventory starting to climb. So yes, if you're going to sell your property, there's no reason to wait. If you need to sell, yeah. And as a buyer, we know long term, don't buy today to flip in ninety days. No. <laughs> but if you're a no. long term, long no. term owner of real estate, don't buy to flip. And we know yeah.
2: interest rates will be going up again this
4: yeah. year. You betcha. So
1: Greg, if folks want to get in touch, if you want some some more of this great real estate advice from the from a team who cares, how can they get in touch with you, Greg?
4: You can go to gregsisson.com and schedule a 15-minute call with me. I'd love to talk to you if you've got a question about real estate or call me directly on my cell at 843-251-2693. Excellent, folks.
1: It's Greg Sisson and the Greg Sisson Real Estate Team. Greg, thanks for coming on the show. Always great to have. Very informative. Always great to have you on the show. Come back anytime, and thanks for your help.
4: Thanks for having me, Reese. Appreciate yes,
1: it. Y'all have a uh, got a break here. Take uh, mm-hmm. care of some. No, no break. Oh, oh, we're gonna not going to break.
2: No, man. She's going to take us to the end. We're gonna. We've already got all our commercials, oh, out, our commercials. out of the way. So we are, we've made all our. Ups- we are going to uh, make the switch here, a little Lee right. Greenwood here. while we we'll make Lee Greenwood, the folks. Switch. We're going to be joined now.
1: Thank you, Greg, for joining us here on the show, folks. We joined. Uh, now, in the studio, by our next guest. Well, we're just rocking and rolling this morning. Glenn Dye, the Ayatollah of rock and roll, <laughs> has got us rocking and rolling this morning. He just pulled a fast one on me. I thought we were going to a commercial break, and yeah. we're not. So, okay. good Rest morning. Time you see, you hers. gotta
3: you got to be on your toes around I here. Know, I know. i got to
1: be on my toes. Can you push that door to there that you <laughs> yes, just walked through? Well, uh, good morning, Pamela Evitt. How are you this morning? Thanks. Our lieutenant governor joins us here in the studio. What an I'm honor here on, great. on Saturday morning coffee.
3: I know they can't see it, but I am happy you're supporting your Clemson sweatshirt.
1: Yeah, this is my. I got my Clemson colors on. I'm I'm a multi. I'm a multifaceted uh, collegiate uh, guy. I went to Davidson, of course, and uh, but I grew up going to Clemson football games. My dad was a Clemson Tiger, so he would take us to Death Valley every weekend football season. So you can't go through that experience and not be a Clemson Tiger. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, my blood runs orange, even though I didn't actually go to Clemson. But uh, how are you this morning?
3: I'm doing great. Absolutely. Down here. How can it not be great? Yeah,
1: here. It's always great to have you when you're in town. And uh, I see that there was an event coming up on, is it June? I had it uh, here in front of me a minute ago, June 8th. Yes, it's a- Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. And you and the governor will be in town for a dinner with the O'Ree County Republican Women's Club. I'm looking for, let's see, yeah, June 8th, 6 p.m. It's uh, It'll be over at the uh, uh, Waccamaw Pottery, former Waccamaw Pottery Complex, where the O'Ree County uh, women meet, O'Ree County Republican Women Meet. So, and I, I don't know if there are tickets still available. Do you have?
3: I think there are a few tickets still available, um, unless they've sold out since the last time. Yeah, but- I, know,
1: I know when I talked to Shannon, they were getting close to the limit. So if you guys want to uh, look up the O'Ree County Republican Women's Club online and find uh, Shannon Grady and get in touch with her. But y'all will both be in town. That's a dinner, right?
3: Yes. And we are. I mean, so just want to thank everybody, you know, and, and give everybody an opportunity to ask us some questions and... You know, this is a wonderful part of the state. This is a great red part of the state. And we just want to thank everybody for all they do. And our our Horry County Republican women, they do such a great job for us all year long and between campaigns and keep the message going. We're we're very lucky to have them.
1: Yeah, they do great work. And, of course, uh, Shannon and... Jerry and that whole crowd are so uh, devoted and they work so hard they do. Uh, for, for causes that we care about. So what's, I know it's been a tough week. Uh, I, you and I spoke briefly. I know you're very upset about the mass shooting in Texas. I, it's been a tough week. I mean, it really has. I mean, I, has. I, I I have, I tell folks, take it one day at a time mm-hmm. and and lean on the Lord every day, just like we close every show, you know, look to the Lord for wisdom and guidance and just take it one day at a time. Absolutely. But it's been, it's been tough. It's been tough lately.
3: the The loss of of innocent life is 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 horrific for all of us. And as if you're a parent, yeah, I think the thought of you know you know how you know how hectic it is in the morning, right? And you're you're getting your kids off to school half the time. If your house is like mine, I'm yelling at them, right? Let's yeah. get go! We're gonna be late. Oh not, yeah, you know? oh yeah,
1: we we do that every morning. And
3: to think that that's the last thing, right? Like you give them a kiss on the head and you tell them to be good and study, and and then they're off, and you think. Oh my gosh! For those parents, if if that was our if that was our normal morning, yelling, yelling, get out of the house, get out of the house, get out of the car, don't be late, study mm-hmm. hard, see you at three, kiss him on the head, and yeah. like, did I tell him I loved him that morning? I mean, did I hug him extra tight? That I yeah. can't even imagine.
2: No, and some of the parents were there for an award ceremony earlier
1: Just that hours, morning. Just hours, yes, yeah.
3: hours before. I, this- I had read that.
2: Um,
1: and I, I wanted to chat with you. I, I I do see this. It's a mental health issue. We've got school safety issues that we We were talking to Ken Richardson, obviously, earlier, who's the chair of the school board here in O'Ree County. Uh, but, you know, I was very concerned about the absolute misinformation that was being dispersed initially. Oh, yeah. I mean, initially, we, we've gotten information that's just completely incorrect. Uh, we were initially told that the shooter was engaged by an SRO. On the way in, now we hear that there, there wasn't – not only was he not engaged, there was no SRO there.
3: You know, you know it, we, it's insane. We have – that has been the problem forever is journalism yeah. and waiting until you get the facts. Like everybody want, seems like wants to be the first to break out some news. Mm-hmm. So what do they do? They just – they just start talking like they you know they talk to the little old lady that was standing at the corner who thinks she heard something from somebody and yep. they take that as fact and that yep. has never been the case and then and now you have people like i've been saying that almost blaming the police officers where i actually listen to um to the news yesterday morning, and they were saying the reason they didn't bust into that room is because initially they were treating it as a hostage situation because he hadn't taken life and they hadn't heard shots. And so the protocol is if if nobody is shooting anybody, you want to protect. And I'm probably even more so, mm-hmm. I, I'm not a law enforcement officer, but I can only imagine that they try to do everything they can with every every resource they have when you're dealing with young children, you know. And so now you hear people going, well, why didn't they want to rush in? Like, you know, because yeah. And it's nobody's fault, right? Because it's just what did you hear? What did you read? What was yeah. the last piece of information? I mean.
1: Well, the governor has come out. I mean, it, I think we need a full investigation. Oh, absolutely. That establishes minute by minute what happened. And, you know, there are reports. I've heard reports that you know, law enforcement, some members of law enforcement were going in and extracting their own family members.
2: Uh, <laughs> nah, I hear that. I, well, I heard some of them were Tucker taking said fire that, when they Tucker got said, there. That, Tucker
1: said that on his program, wow. and I, I haven't been able to validate that. But yeah. I don't know exactly. I don't think we know what
3: happened. No, I don't think anybody that's knows. That's my point.
1: And so we shouldn't, you know, we, we shouldn't condemn anybody. But yet we've got to get to the facts. And I think there is a valid question, certainly that's being asked, why did it take so long For people to, you know, for for we set up a perimeter. Why did we wait so long before we went in? And and were all those people killed at, you know, at the end, or were there being, or or were there people that were being shot? I mean, he went into the building shooting. Right, right. I mean, we know that he took shots on the way into the building. Um, So I don't know. We don't have the facts, but it's
2: just it's very it's very disconcerting. One hundred and sixty-four children have died since nineteen ninety-nine since Columbine, is what the the figure I heard. Yeah, that's just. Well, that's too many kids. Oh, yeah. uh, one too many. And, uh and and that's 163 whor- too many.
3: It's horrible. I think yeah. I think we got to look at it in totality, right, of what's happening in our in our country and how do we protect our kids in every way? I mean, I can tell you here in South Carolina, we have we have made an effort long before this. So, you know, the governor, one of his major platforms was getting a school resource officer in every school and every building across South Carolina. And a few years we got the funding for that. Well, yeah. the governor became um you know, Rather concerned that we weren't we weren't moving we weren't hiring quickly enough to get that in so he actually uh, took that duty away from mm-hmm. um, Molly Spearman not really just her but the education department and he gave it to DPS and he said hey this is their specialty hiring law enforcement getting him vetted getting him trained. And we saw, we've seen a huge uptick. You know, I, I wanted to make sure I got the latest statistics from our office. We have brick-and-mortar schools in South Carolina, 1,276. And we have um, all but 337 schools with a school resource officer in it every day. That is a huge uptick since the governor took it away from the Department of Education and gave it to DPS. Yeah. It is a good salary, so it's not salary. What it is, it's getting workers, just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. So it's not right. without trying to fill all those. I think they feel very confident that we will this year. But what I think that you said hit is key, is the mental health concept. I mean, yeah. this is a multi—it's uh, it's, it's a, it's a multi-path problem. It's mental health. Yeah. It's SROs in the schools. It's the breakdown of the family. Mm-hmm. It's God out of everybody's lives. Like— you take all that together, it, it's a perfect storm. And so um, the governor, if, if everybody saw it was on ETV, it, it made news across the state. He has reached out to Robbie Kern with HHS, did a, a comprehensive look at mental health workers in our schools, came back that they were severely underpaid. Robbie Kern is going to double their salary because the money is there.
1: Mm-hmm. He came out and, who and is said Ro- it. Who is Robbie Kern?
3: Robbie Kern is a director of HHS. HHS, okay. And um, great guy, really innovative. The money has always been there. Yeah. Why it wasn't given to raise those salaries? He can't. He can't guess that, right? But we're going to raise those salaries. We're going to double them. Yeah. And hopefully that will not only attract mental health workers because we have a huge shortage there. Reese, mm-hmm. could we? Can we afford to have a mental health worker in every single school? Yes. Can we find them? No. Um, You know, we have got to address mental health. The governor has, you know, really jumped out on this issue, uh, starting first within our schools because one of COVID. Look at how many kids were isolated, kids who maybe already were struggling.
1: It has taken a toll on mental health. Whatever problems we had, they've been exacerbated by that isolation. Yep, And. If you look at the shoot, I, I'm going to call them the Buffalo shooter and the Uvalde shooter because yes. I don't even want to use their names. But if you look at them, um, there were issues, there were signs. There were, you know, the the Buffalo shooter showed up at school uh, one week wearing a hazmat suit, wore a full hazmat suit to school all week, and you think to yourself, okay, there, there are standards, we have standards, and when kids deviate from the standards, we have got to figure out why, we've got to figure out what's going on. And there were signs in the Uvalde case it, you know there were lots of them yeah mistreatment of animals mutilation of animals
3: mutilating himself from yeah, what i read i mean but then yeah. again who knows if all that's true yeah I,
1: we don't but, know all the facts know, but, but, yeah. if his but mom it, ap- it appears there were there were indications that if if there had been somebody there to intervene that that somebody could have identified this problem
3: and let's talk about one of the other things i just mentioned the family unit right yeah i oh, think as, as parents we have better start Like being each other's support system. Let's stop looking on social media and thinking everybody has this pristine, nobody gets mad in their house, kids get straight A's, everybody's eating healthy life. It's not the way it is, right? We are looking at, we are judging and we got to come together. Right. We got to start helping each other as parents, because I can tell you, I don't know about you, Reese, but when I was little, if we did something wrong three blocks away, mm-hmm. my mom knew about it before we ever pulled in the drive. Before yeah, yeah. we yep. ever yep. rode our no, bikes so in the driveway. You didn't right? even get home. You couldn't even get because. But now, parents, like you're almost appalled if somebody calls you. We have to start looking at it as a community, right? And if... Parents, you know, we need each other. Yeah, and, and that's how you help. So you know, family. What do we talk about? The breakdown of family, mm-hmm. mental health issues, SROs in the schools, and then God. Right. Yeah. I think we always have to realize that there is a much bigger. There's a much bigger picture than what we see here, and I think yeah. isn't that what keeps us all? My dad used to say to us when we would leave the house. Uh, it was really for my brothers, not me, but he would say. <laughs> You know, I may not see you, but God sees everything you do. Amen. So,
1: well, uh, Pam, with that little bit of parting wisdom, uh, we're going to have to close it out. Any, any further, any final comments?
3: Well, no. I just want to say, yeah. South Carolina, South Carolinians, be proud um, of what we're doing here in South Carolina. We're at, we are definitely at uh, cutting edge. And I can't not close out without thanking our military. This is oh, Memorial amen. Day weekend, yeah. and we are a proud military state. So, amen to that. Thank you to everybody who served and their families. I
1: think you're absolutely right. If you go back and if you go back and look at the shooters that have engaged in these mass shootings, the, a, the vast majority of them come from single parent homes, and I think the absence of dads in these homes is a, is a huge problem, which we got to
2: look at. And I'd like to see what video games they were playing as well. Yeah. Because and I it, really think there's a, a blurred line between reality and video games. Well, I think and
3: it desensitizes our kids, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. When you're killing people all day long yep. oh, on yeah. a video game, does it desensitize you? I don't know. I'm an accountant, so I try not to I dabble in the it does. mental it does. health space, but I think it does. I, want to, I think re- it does.
1: want to remind everybody. Thank you, Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evitt, for Thanks, joining Reese. us here on the show. Come back anytime. Always great I to have it. you. Want to remind you guys that it is Memorial Day weekend. There is a Military Appreciation Day's parade at uh, Market Common this morning. It's at ten thirty. A.M. along Farrow Parkway So take part in that There's also a family picnic And exhibits from 11 to 2 Also at uh, Valor Memorial Garden In in Market Common And uh, coming up tomorrow There's a Surfside Beach Memorial Day Golf Cart Parade at 2 p.m. At 16th Avenue North Heading south on Ocean Boulevard and there's also a Green Gardens Memorial 5K, so take part in that. Folks, let me leave you with this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. That's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Y'all have a great week. Be blessed. We'll see you next week for more Saturday Morning Coffee.
0: Be noblesse. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, on Talk 94.5.